Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. You know, I'm a sucker for certain things, right? I'm a, uh, and one of those things is as much as I desperately want to talk about things other than the political insanity, like I have to watch a Nancy Pelosi press conference. I, I mean, I'm sick. Can we can we say this? I clearly have an issue. I my name is Tony Katz, and I need help. Hi, Tony. <laughs> Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's up? Facebook, Tony Katz Radio. Find everything at TonyKatz.com, uh, Rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Yeah, no morning rumble today. Uh, I know. I had a doctor's appointment. Turns out, healthy as many horses. I am as healthy as multiple horses. And no need for ivermectin, which is a whole interesting story I got to get to. Because the liars are still the liars, but the studies are the studies, and then we can decide from studies what we do with the information, which is how rational people are supposed to do things. But I, I, I actually got to this a, a little bit early because Nancy Pelosi was holding this news conference, and I, I, that Dana Perino uh, interview I shared with you, that, that commentary she had with, with um, Larry Kudlow, I consider this to be, like, uh, this to me is getting skipped over by everyone. It's Kudlow's show on, on Fox Business. She's the guest. And and how she hit this conversation to me was just absolutely, positively stunning. It was from the heart. And the White House took less than 10 minutes to get walkbacks <laughs> to reporters. Seriously, there's, a, uh, there's White House reporters that had walked the walkback from five different aides within 10 minutes. You've worked at a White House. Do you think that the communications team was able to go to the president after his speech in Poland and say, Mr. President, you just said these nine words. Did you mean to say those? Mm -hmm. And if he says, yes, I did, then you deal with it. I don't think they asked him. So now wow. he's in this position Even where we worse. have weakened the president on the world stage. And it's it's the best take in America, because regardless of your politics, when we're talking about Joe Biden walking everything back and the White House walking everything back, these these considerable gaps that he made in Europe. Dana Perino's point is so on target because of her experience being the White House press secretary. And here she is talking to Kudlow and you. Listen, she was, she was not a fan, it seems to me, of the Trump administration. May have liked some policies, not a fan of the administration. But she's having the conversation with Larry Kudlow, who served in that administration. We were both there. I'm telling you, it is, it is, it is to me, one of just the most incredible, incredible statements. And she's leaning in when she says it. She has this intensity uh, about her. Uh, she's, she's thoroughly, it seems, insulted or disgusted by what happened and what took place. That's my, my take of it. I bring it up because, yes, it's been a really, really bad week for the Biden administration, and yet I still have Democrats talking about how perfect everything is. And this is why I'm a sucker. This is why I can't not watch a, a uh, Nancy Pelosi press conference, because to watch her spin and lie is just... It's it's a work of art, man. It is a work of art. It's 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 like she she's the second coming of Botero. 
yeah, it, 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 it shouldn't be pretty because they're all so fat, but it is. By the way, I, I have everybody right now searching up Botero. Um, absolutely fantastic, fantastic artist. Oh, dear Lord. Uh, Fernando Botero. Gorg- gorgeous artwork, as I see it. But in this really kind of grotesque, rotund, not zoftic, grot- rotund kind of way. And cartoonish. It's, it's, it's crazy. But I had to hear Pelosi spin and, oh, oh, just epic. But some of it is uh, uh, more so uh, today. Uh, we have the insulin bill coming up on the floor. We're very proud of that. We have the more uh, legislation. But at the same time, we're preparing for the Competes Act. And last night we took our first, uh, a, our most recent step. Today we'll have the Republican motion to instruct, which is the right of the, of the minority. Uh, at the same time, we're preparing uh, for uh, actually taking up the Competes Act. So there are all kinds of things happening at once. The, uh, at the same time, though, I have to say it's with great sadness that we said goodbye to Don Young, our dean, a, a member served 49 years in the Congress, 49 years in the 49th state. By the way, the Don Young story, the representative Young story is crazy. He was flying back to Alaska. He died on the plane. He died on the plane, which is not the way I want to go. Crazy. And then he was flown back to D.C. Uh, to lie in state. I'm going to get to, to, to Pelosi in a second, but I, I, I brought up this ivermectin thing, right? Because I was talking about the, 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 the horses. So there was this double-blind study that was done. And what the double-blind study showed was that ivermectin was ineffective against COVID. Now, this is the way we should be engaged in conversation. We did a study. It had a proper control group. Here's what we found. So this study, which um, got published in the New England Journal of Medicine, took a look at 1,300 people in Brazil infected with COVID. And they said that, you know, in the double-blind study, the patient doesn't know whether they're getting ivermectin or a placebo, and the medical staff does not know whether they're giving ivermectin or a placebo. They compared the results, and what they found is, quote, there's really no sign of any benefit. Now, there is a Dr. Andrew Hill, a virologist at the University of Liverpool in England. He analyzed the results of 23 trials in December of 2020, determined that ivermectin seemed to substantially lower the risk of death from COVID-19. When people say the science is settled, that's not how it works. The earth was flat until it wasn't. The sun revolved around the earth until it didn't. The science is not settled. It's what happens, it's what gets said by people who don't want you to engage any opinion at all. Just go with what they tell you or else. It's why when people get mad at Joe Rogan for doing an interview with, with a doctor, oh, he went rogue. I was on News Nation yesterday, as I've been talking about, and this came up. I'm like, what's rogue about a conversation? Well, it was, not, it was definitely false. Uh, what do you, he's giving his medical opinion. You people ain't doctors. Shut your face. Doctors can give medical opinions. 
Heck, if some schmuck in his dad's basement can give a medical opinion on Twitter, so can a doctor. You don't like the fact that Joe Rogan has an extremely large um, platform and that he has conversations that you don't like. The rational mind should say, hey, I don't think Joe Rogan's right here because of this, 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 and this. I want to go on the show and discuss it with him, and that's what you do. That's how it should work. Instead, they try to shut him down, which has led to a whole new fight, and I'll get to that in a minute. But just in the same way that we believe in this conversation, we believe the value of these conversations, you also have to accept the fact when something comes up, when something comes out that may go against your wants or desires. I have no dog in the fight about whether or not ivermectin is the, uh, you know, the chef's kiss in dealing with COVID. It's a study that shows it ineffective. Somebody else could show a study that is effective. Then let us go look at the studies and see where we're at. Was something done wrong? Was something inappropriate? Doctors and medical professionals could point things out. We could point things out. Discuss. That's the way it should work. That's the way it should work. Am I going to take this study and dismiss it because it doesn't fit my ideological wants? It's about how you deal with COVID. I don't have an ideological want. I just have the want to deal with COVID, which uh, we're not dealing with right now. Indiana has removed uh, the COVID map. If you take a look at the dashboard they now have, to the extent that they still have it, gone. They got rid of the COVID map. Because 87 to 92 counties are in the lowest threshold in terms of, uh, well, I think they may still call it positivity, right? Like that ever mattered. And that uh, there is no hospitalization issue in any of the 92 counties in Indiana. So they just got rid of the map. And that's interesting because you keep hearing about this BA2, which uh, I, I'm surprised has not been referred to yet as the BA Baracus variant. It's an A-team reference, people. Go with it. In this conversation, I am Hannibal, and and uh, producer Ari is the guy who has the farm that we saved from the bad guys. No, I'm Face. Yeah, you. I, I I I I've met Face. Face is a friend of mine. You are not Face. <sighs> Damn it. This variant is the now the leading cause of COVID in in the United States, and you uh, you have Dr. Fauci who definitely wants you to be worried. But it isn't increasing hospitalizations nor deaths. We're all dealing with it. It comes off as a cold, I believe. Just like Omicron did. It's an Omicron variant. There are going to be other variants. Also, the people who told you, oh, there's a variant, get vaccinated. The vaccine was never made for a variant. If you're taking the vaccine for a variant, you are taking that vaccine off-label. Not for its intended purpose. And that's what people did with ivermectin. They didn't know. They weren't sure. They went to their doctor. and The doctor said, give it a shot. See what happens. What did Jimmy Kimmel and the rest of the tools say? Oh, horse dewormer. But it wasn't. It was a lie. Why lie about such a thing? What's the point? What's the value? What do you gain? Well, you gain insulting and harming and destroying people who may go against the grain because somehow these people think they know best. Jimmy Kimmel, blackface Jimmy Kimmel knows best. Jimmy Kimmel's claim to fame is that he does this thing where after Halloween, tell your kids you ate all their candy and watch them cry. <laughs> I'm sorry if you laugh at that. You and I have a very, very different sense of humor. That's, that's just, it's just ridiculous. It's like people who pull pranks on kids. I'm not a prank guy in general, but people who pull pranks on kids, they're kids. It, it, I, I don't know. Personally, grosses me out. Uh, uh, what grosses me out more, that Jimmy Kimmel makes more money than I do.
So here's the study regarding uh, uh, COVID and regarding the, the ivermectin. And I thought it was worthy of mentioning because two things are at play here. Number one, it shows something that some people ideologically may not like, but you got to look at it. And number two, it isn't the last word on the subject. Because I just shared with you that people have seen it, in, you know, go the other way. So now they'll look at it and they'll stare at it and they'll, that's the way it should work. Stop looking for ideological purity and stop listening to the people who believe that they are uh, the, the ideological Puritans. As, as I remember history, uh, I'm not interested in the Puritans. Meanwhile, Nancy Pelosi talking about just how great the Democrats are doing. Participate in the, the new aspects of, of our independence of this president, declaring our independence, our self-sufficiency, because we are making more uh, in the USA. And so that's pretty exciting. But that, that's a, it's a very um, extensive bill. We have much in common with the Senate, some not. And... Uh, we are preparing to go to conference with that. And again, as I mentioned, the motion to instruct will be on the floor uh, later today uh, on the Republican side. And then next week, we'll start appointing uh, conferees to that. So for these and other reasons, um, it's a, an exciting time. It's uh, I can't listen anymore. Like a junkie, I have to hear it. And then I'm like, oh, I'm so disgusted with myself. Like the guy who eats the cake and then looks in the mirror and says, I'm so fat. I'm so fat. If I was one of the five boroughs of New York, I'd be fat in Ireland. <laughs> did you just think of that? No, that's Letterkenny. I stole that. I stole that from Letterkenny and did so proudly. Letterkenny is so good. Letterkenny is much wa- must-watch TV, just not with your children. I made that mistake once. Only once, and I will not make that mistake again. No how. Oh, if I was a Dr. Seuss book, I'd be fat in the hat. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, but it, it's um, it, I, I do. I, I I watch it, and then I'm just I'm just uh, find it grotesque. But this, you know, we were discussing it. This pulling the oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. This is this isn't a band aid. This is actually making the wound deeper. We understand this, right? We take the billions of barrels of oil, millions of barrels of oil, uh, that we have in the, in the reserve that we utilize when there is a serious national emergency. And Joe Biden says, well, gas prices are too high. I'll lie to America. Release some of these and gas will go down two cents. Look at the good work that Joe Biden is doing. He's not doing good work. He's endangering the nation. And it was um, uh, President Trump. You might remember him. Hello. Hey, sir. I put out an email saying, when I got to the White House, this thing was near depleted. We made it full again. And now look what Joe Biden is doing. Instead of dealing with the problem and getting smart policy, here he is depleting the reserve. And that's exactly what he's doing. He's depleting the reserve. Like a like a fool, like an absolute fool. This is a mistake on mistake on mistake. Really, just terrible, terrible, terrible decisions from people who don't know how to make good ones. So I guess terrible ones are all you're ever going to get. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.
16th, the FBI took possession of a laptop purported to belong to Hunter Biden. A computer repairman in Delaware showed reporters a copy of a subpoena. There could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that there was uh, that it was Russian intelligence. It wasn't Russian intelligence. It wasn't hacked. You're just a bad guy, Hunter Biden. And now even CNN is talking about the story. Now even the Washington Post is saying, yes, we've been able to independently verify that the emails are indeed those of Hunter Biden. I cannot keep up with all the scandal. Like, I would love a primer on this one. I don't keep up with every scandal. It's not really where my my head goes. But there is no doubt that what I do focus on is the fact that the New York Post had the story, shared the story, And not only did the other media outlets say they were lying, not only did they lie and call it Russian propaganda and Russian misinformation, social media refused to allow the story to be shared. And for that, they all deserve a flogging. They deserve to be Will Smith. Now, by the way, can I get a ruling on this, Producer Ari? Is is the verb Will Smith... Or is the verb Chris Rocked? Because Will Smith did the slapping, but Chris Rock got slapped. And I believe these people need to be metaphorically slapped. So do they get Chris Rocked or do they get Will Smith? They get Chris Rocked. You see, I'm with you because he was the recipient. But that would make like him the bad guy. And it's Will Smith in this situation who's the bad guy. So I think it's supposed to be Will Smith. Could be. I think Chris Rocked sounds better, like you got rocked, but... If we want to make it Will Smith, I can live with that. We're going to have to figure this out. We're going to need some linguists and, uh, and maybe a supercomputer. Something. But they took two years to finally say, oh, yeah, this happened. Like the New York Times took two years to say this happened. Of course it happened. The question is, when you were saying it wasn't real, when you were saying it didn't happen, when you were claiming Russian disinformation, when you got this letter from all of these uh, um, uh, analysts saying this is all the hallmarks of Russian disinformation, why did you believe them? Why didn't you do your own investigation? Why didn't it matter to you? And now that you know that John Brennan, that commie lowlife lied to you, and a host of others... Are you still going to have them on your networks? You still going to look to them as people who know what they're talking about? Why? Why? Why would you do it? And why should we think somehow that you're worthy of paying attention to? Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I just got a three-page letter from a white woman friend of mine, known her probably 40 years, who is married to a black man. And in the letter, she wanted, she had read The Guardian, and she wanted to know about if we were going to take on the issue of how white women that are married to black men are treated in black women's spaces, okay? Oh, so that's what she wrote me about. And I talked to my husband, I said, here's the issue. Oh my God. We can't trust you. I said, when 53% of them for Donald Trump, and then they want to tell us, oh, we're in your corner, we can't trust you. So it- Just in case you were wondering, 
where the Black Lives Matter anti-racist movement is, white women can't be trusted. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. This is from a group called Race to Dinner, which is a bigoted organization. And this was a discussion with Regina Jackson and Syra Rao, R-A-O, S-A-I-R-A, who I've seen on Twitter before as just the most ridiculous bigot out there. But this is their website. This is their website. Dear White Women. Now, I want to say to you, first, I'm Tony Katz. How you doing? Tony Katz today. That's the show. Glad you're here. If you start any sentence with dear white women, dear black women, dear Jewish women, dear gay women, chances are it's not a good thing to write. I'm no expert, but I think it's a bad idea. But within this little letter they they write, um, they they show the game. And you must understand that everything about anti-racism, everything about DEI, Everything about diversity, equity, and inclusion is a scam. Every last bit of it. Just so we understand each other. This brings us to this this email or this letter that's on their website. Dear white women, You cause immeasurable pain and damage to black, indigenous, and brown women. We are here to sit down with you to candidly discuss how exactly you caused this pain and damage. The dinners are a starting point, a place to start thinking through how you actively uphold white supremacy every minute of every day. What you do after you leave the dinner is up to you. Sincerely, Regina and Syrah. Well... Ain't that something? Something that we've discussed here many times. You are guilty for your existence no matter what. What you have done before you get to the dinner is inconsequential. It is for them to tell you what you have done wrong. Tell you how you are bad. Tell you how you are upholders of the supremacy. Remember, there are people out there saying that Will Smith slapped Chris Rock because of white supremacy. Our decision is uh, as follows. To live within the hellscape world they want to build or not. I, I, I choose not. I'm not going to be a part of their crazy. And I don't think anybody should. I think that this is some of the most awful, dangerous, bigoted talk that there is. That to, 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 to believe in this is to believe in some radical hate of self and others. By the way, they do have somebody white, I guess, uh, who works for them, Lisa Bond, who was recently on with uh, uh, Jon Stewart and making herself look crazy. She's the resident white woman. And not only uh, do they describe her as the resident white woman, she is a way left anti-capitalist and aspiring anti-racist. Well, ain't, ain't, ain't that something? This is part of the madness going on uh, in, in, in society. And one of the things that we constantly have to push back on. And we have to push back on it, not on them. I don't care what Regina Jackson and, and, and Cyra Rao do. 
means means nothing to me what they do. Look, if you showed me a website of full of white supremacists talking about how much they hate Jews, I wouldn't care either. I only care what gets put into action. I don't care what they say. They want to be bigots? Go be bigots. I don't. Go ahead. I, I, I don't care what you say. I care that thoughts like theirs get into schools. And this is why we need to fight in the schools at all time. You have to fight everywhere. Because when they want to bring this into schools and get into the oppressed oppressor style, when they want to push the critical race curriculum, when they want to push this bigotry, when groups that claim to advocate for children want you to read this or, or listen to the 1619 Project or read the 1619 Project or read Ibram Kendi's anti-racism racism or the lies of Robin DiAngelo and white fragility, well, they have to be fought. And they have to be fought however the fight has to take place. I would tell the people who understand that you have to fight bigotry. I'll steal one of uh, uh, the bigots' words. You got to do the work. But white women are not trustworthy. That's a, a world-class bit of messaging right there. Not trustworthy is this administration. Because I shared with you uh, that we're releasing um, oil from the, from the Strategic uh, Petroleum Reserve. But I didn't share when I was playing some of uh, Nancy Pelosi earlier being a junkie for a, a press conference. Did you hear her on the hashtag Putin price hike? Right now, um, and again, part of that justice is lowering cost. Right now, of course, we have the Putin price hike at, at the pump. And it is uh, uh, something that has to be addressed. It, it, the price of of uh, oil and gasoline, uh, gas at the pump started going up when he started circling uh, Ukraine uh, and uh, Kyiv. And it is, um, well, even before he went in, but as he showed his intentions. But it's, it's beyond that, too. Well, there is very interest in our caucus in stopping price gouging on the part of the, of the uh, industry. It's a, about uh, passing on whatever we might pass to alleviate the price of the pump to the consumer. So releasing barrels from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve, that's going to do it. And then, of course, she goes into the lie. In terms of the nine, about 9,000, well, uh, uh, licenses that are permits that are there for the private sector to uh, to produce more oil domestically. So there are an array of um, issues. The president will be making his statement. Again, saying that somehow it's the oil companies that aren't using the licenses. That's not how any of this works. Oh, this is just going to be bad. Not as bad as Senator Susan Collins saying that she will vote to confirm Katanji Brown-Jackson. Sorry to see it. Because while she states, right, that, uh, that textualism is real, right, the argument from, from the late Justice Antonin Scalia, the Constitution says what it says and doesn't say what it doesn't say, you, it, the, the text matters, a textualist, and no one actually believes that she's going to uh, govern that way, or I should say uh, adjudicate that way, not govern. 
and yet Susan Collins is a vote yes. Senator Todd Young of Indiana put out the photo that he met with the, the justice and or the judge, and they had good conversations, but I haven't heard his, his take yet. Um, I haven't heard uh, whether or, or not he's going to vote uh, to confirm. Um, I, I would say he's a 50-50. I would say that he is 50-50. And I think that's that's terrible. I I do not believe that um the I I don't believe that she will be the textualist. If you say we'll take a look at all the cases where she really really does side with with sex offenders, I I think that's a, a legitimate issue. I think that's an absolutely legitimate legitimate issue something that's worthy of discussion senator lindsey graham well he's a no vote uh this morning uh i'm going to announce my decision on judge jackson's nomination supreme court i will oppose her and i will vote no my decision is based on upon her record of judicial activism flawed sentencing methodology regarding child pornography cases and a belief Judge Jackson will not be deterred by the plain meaning of the law when it comes to liberal causes. I find Judge Jackson's to be a person of exceptionally good character, respected by our peers, and someone who has worked hard to achieve her current position. However, her record is overwhelming in its lack of a steady judicial philosophy and a tendency to achieve outcomes in spite of what the law requires or common sense would dictate. After a thorough review of Judge Jackson's record and information gained at the hearing from an evasive witness, I now know why Judge Jackson was the favorite of the radical left, and I will vote no. I think his take is, uh, is solid there. I, I, I think that there's there's a question of whether or not we're going to see somebody who actually believes in adjudicating all the way around. We've already seen that Sonia Sotomayor doesn't. Doesn't. She just doesn't. That that Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you know, um, was, was such a, a close friend of Antonin Scalia, blows the mind. It was hard for me to to engage with her on a fair amount of decisions. But there were some decisions where, you know, especially on the Second Amendment, where you're like, my gosh, look at that. I've never found that from Sonia Sotomayor. I find Elena Kagan to be somewhat vexing at times because her nomination and her appointment, there was so little you knew about her, understood about her as a solicitor general. You're like, I don't, I don't get this. But she has, every now and again, gone for adjudication as opposed as opposed to um just just voting for for Sonia Sotomayor it's what do the liberals want that's what I do that's who she is the richness of her experiences has completely hurt the United States of America so so we're clear about that I I am sorry she's she's going to get confirmed and as for what Senator Todd Young does, um, you know, you know, the craziest part is even if he voted to confirm her, he would still get he would still get reelected. 
There's nobody running against. There's, there's a Democrat running against. But there are no Republicans running against him in a primary. All those challenges got kicked out. I don't think there's any Libertarian running. Was there a Libertarian running? Producer Ari, yes, can we there check? Is. Here is. Uh, for, for Senate? Who's the Libertarian running for Senate? Oh, my God. I, he was on a... He was, Rob Kendall had him on the other day. I'm going to get his name for you. All right. Get his name for me. Because I, I, w- I would say all politics are local. And that a vote for her... That would... Uh, a vote for her could at least kick in a race. Now you say to me, Tony, we are supposed to have a race uh, for governor, Donald Rainwater, remember? I do. And he got a lovely percentage of the vote, still came in third. Not as big as anybody said. The polling numbers were, they were a little, they came in a little less than where the polling numbers were, which is what I said. I got excoriated by some top Republicans for that. But, we're, we're, we're always honest about the thing, and sometimes people don't like the honesty. I think a vote for uh, Brown-Jackson is could, could be um, detrimental to Todd Young. I don't think it'll keep him from being reelected, though. Who's the Libertarian? Have you looked it up? I'm still working on it. Libertarian Indiana Senate. Yes, I, I know how to Google. I'm working on it. All right. We'll see, we will see if producer Ari has it when we return from the break. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. So his name is James Seniak. S-C-E-N-I-A-K. That's the libertarian running for, for, for Senate there, producer Ari. I didn't, hear, I didn't hear the music coming in. That was weird. That was weird. Maybe I'm having a headphones issue. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's up? What's what's going on? So I, I went to, uh, we, we were li- trying to figure out who is the Libertarian running for, for Senate this year. And I'm on uh, LPIN, uh, Libertarian Party, Indiana, LPIN.org. And you've got Andrew Horning running in uh, District 8, right? And then uh, you've got Gavin Maple running in District 7. Then you have Jada Burton running in House District 77. There's a whole Bunch of the, I, I and by the way, this is not me uh, endorsing any of these people. I'm just saying who, who's who's running. They actually do have some people running. Where is House District 77? Oh man, now I'm curious about that. Now I'm curious about that, Jada Burton. What's going on? Uh, and then it says U.S. Senate James Seniak, S C E N I A K. So it's Seniak for Senate. Dot com and uh, I'm on the, I'm on the priorities page, right? So what happens if Todd Young votes to uh, confirm Katanji Brown Jackson and some people are like, all right, I can't be I can't be around this. Nope, that's just wrong. Um, fiscal sanity is what this guy is running on. And he's got a quote from Calvin Coolidge. Not enough people love on the Calvin Coolidge. Right there. I want the people of America to be able to work less for the government and more for themselves. I want them to have the rewards of their own industry. This is the chief meaning of freedom. All right, on that alone, on that alone, James Stock just went up 5%. Right there. That's that's uh, uh, solid. Uh, there's a whole thing about criminal justice reform. 
and civil asset forfeiture and no-knock warrants and qualified immunity and minimum sentencing requirements and the war on drugs. Treat this as a health crisis, not a criminal one. Uh, so uh, so here's, here's three things. Uh, number one... I am not there yet on ending qualified immunity, but I, I, I have zero against the very, very open dialogue. Some people are like, oh, how dare you? Cops need to be protected. I'm not saying the cops don't have a job to do. I'm not so sure that qualified immunity is something that uh, I'm interested in getting rid of. End the war on drugs. Now, I believe in this. I was actually talking about this today because of... Uh, on the morning show, because of the ridiculousness of, of Rashida Tlaib, the anti-Semite, the war on drugs is racist. If you have neighborhoods where there's a lot of drug use, and those neighborhoods happen to have people who are black in it, it doesn't mean that it's racist. It does mean that there could be a lot of calls to police because of drug use in that area. But calling it a war on drugs, that's nuts. And as for ending civil asset forfeiture, Absolutely. I mean, Greg Garrison, you know, I know and love and, and, and certainly want to help. He's running for Hamilton County prosecutor. He disagrees with me on this. And this is one subject where I fight him, even though I think he'll make an excellent prosecutor. We'll get into more of it tomorrow, everyone. I'm Tony Katz. Take care.